What's up, toddlers? Welcome back to the Nanny Cam. I'm Vitas, your facilitator. I'm Sihun. And I'm Luke. And today we're going to be discussing 1984 and The Hunger Games. So, let me start off with one question here. In The Hunger Games, Katniss and Peeta both end up winning. How do you think there were this results different from 1984's more negative conclusion and how do you think the results are similar i think they're similar in the way that um they get a false sense of win like uh, a win i guess um they they do win in the first book but in the later books they have they still have their mental damage they are controlled by the government on their tour and all that kind of stuff but in 1984 they are just blatantly losing the public doesn't even get like a peek of what was happening at least because the hunger games was such like a big event snow had to televise it and make it seem like you know something good happened out of it so i think they're similar and different in some ways what what do you want to add to that luke oh great comment sihoon by the way luke on to you (laughs) um so i was thinking that I do think that in the in the first book of the Hunger Games, they, they kind of win and they kind of lose. I mean, it is shown that, like Sihoon said, that they are they have all this mental damage from, obviously, a, basically just a death game. But they have all this mental damage and they're being controlled by the government and they're, they're picking where they can tour around the districts and picking what they can say. But it, them, them winning, it, they become like a symbol for the revolution. Um, and I think that although they, they kind of lose in the beginning, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say they, they straight out lose like in 1984. I think it's, it's more of a positive than a negative, if anything, at the end of the, the first Hunger Games book. Yeah, I mean, they didn't die. So. Yeah, I just like to add like kind of what they were saying. Like, even though they did end up winning, the mental or just like, the baggage that they've had to carry just like like after the stunt they pull off after like nearly making the first hunger games where no one wins uh it just like it creates a scenario in which though they have survived are they really alive anymore in the future books you know yeah and in future books the actions actually get like repercussions like her clothing designer caesar i think that's his name he gets killed by the uh game makers because um, they wanted to like show her that uh, doing any more of those publicity stunts in the second uh, game is going to directly affect the people that she loves. Uh, Luke, do you have a question you'd like to ask the group? Yeah, sure. Um, so in both Hunger Games and in 1984, the government stops the people from in- interacting with each other via districts or isolation. How do you think uh, that helps the government control the people? Uh, I think the, uh, the fact that they're separated does help uh, the government control the people because it like allows the people to kind of just be like, the transfer of information has been restricted, and so it doesn't allow the, uh, it allows the people to, uh, not be able to get, uh, necessarily, uh, up-to-date or true information, and so they kind of rely on the government almost as, like, a crutch to, uh, achieve what they, or to rely on information, and so it kind of, like, allows the government to pick and choose what the people get to hear from different districts which i think allows them to control the present 
And what we've learned about controlling the present is it allows them to control the future. And I feel like that really... Oh, ma- and controlling the past, not oh. just controlling the present. Yeah, true. But just like allowing them to be able to manipulate what the people are thinking, uh, it really just allows them to... Uh, it allows the government to be much more easily able to control uh, its respective people. Nice. Okay, Sihun, do you have something to say? That was Vitas, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I have I have one point to make about the Hunger Games in this aspect. Um, because they had an uprising and the Hunger Games was directly made for the point of shutting down any future rebellions or whatever might happen, I think the government is kind of scared of that happening because obviously it was a big threat. Um... So they want the all the other 12 districts to not be able to communicate. They, And, yeah, they, they just want to, like, solidify their power. They don't they don't want any, like, sources of communication to for them to even, you know, start planning anything. Yeah, kind of what Sihun was saying, like, since they're all break... Like, if one district rebels, then they can easily control that. But if all... 13 districts sort of rebel at the same time then it would it would kind of be a, a way bigger deal which which is what happens later in the books but and also Wait, in 19 there's a, there's a 13th district that's not uh, a spoiler no um but uh <laughs> um in 1984 they also kind of they have they're all isolated they're not really allowed to talk to each other or they can but they can't really make connections with people and i feel like that just it, it, it stops people from interacting and kind of learning that, oh, there are other people that think, hey, maybe the government isn't all isn't like the best thing for us. And maybe we can we can do better than just being controlled and not be able to do anything besides what the government says. Kind of like any like uh, totalitarian governments like today, like North Korea or I mean, not Russia, but they are kind of cutting off any media that's not uh, monitored by them, you know, like. It's, it's like hard to see any other person's perspective of it when the only perspective that you're allowed to see is your own, you know. Um, that kind of like goes to a quote uh, that that we have from a for a current event. Um, so here here's what the quote is: "This is war, and the lies and falsehoods that the Russian state media and Putin's officials will share in the next days across American sh- social media platforms are weapons intended to legitimize the Kremlin's brutality, divide Ukraine's allies, and diminish any potential opposition." Uh, that's a good point, Luke. I feel like that really uh, that quote highlights the uh, highlights how. Uh, in some aspects, 1984 did not come to fruition due to the just the it, due to just the presence of social media, but then shows how like it took its own approach by using that given social media to warp the minds of the Russian people into thinking that they're fighting for something that is not really actually going on at all. Yeah, through the use of social media and technology, Russia's kind of like warp this narrative that they're fighting against against terrorism or 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 like people being aggressive towards russia right yeah and getting specific here um the russians i heard that are coming into ukraine to fight think that the bombings happening in ukraine are against russian people that are living in ukraine by the own ukrainian government and of course that sounds like absolutely you know illogical 
it when that's like the only information that you're getting fed by the government and everyone around you that you just kind of start believing that and when soldiers do begin going to ukraine and figure it out they obviously have a different perspective they're um you know not putting up that much of a fight and do you think that's the reason why they're not doing well is because the the russian troops are desensitized or not desensitized like demoralized i think i think that's a big part of it i mean the people that are actually you know uh waging the war aren't really motivated anymore to they're there to save people but they're not really they're actually the ones that are doing the you know okay yeah crimes uh one thing i'd like to add oh that was a great comment by the way sihun uh one thing i would like to add to this uh or to that is another quote that we found that's us uh, that says they can create the uh, the illusion that ukraine is not fighting back when it is it will also play on gaps in knowledge on Western audiences in particular who have not been paying attention to the war that has been going on for eight years. Uh, I feel like that quote just kind of like highlights how like the spread of misinformation in any government, including like in the fictional ones in 1984 and the Hunger Games can kind of create a world where like people can be uh, easily manipulated due to that like spread of misinformation. And I think that's just kind of, uh, I don't know, it's just... Scary. Uh, yeah, scary. Uh, frightening. Uh, no, I like... Yeah, sure. Um, you know, one of that the things that we had written down was that um, once a government can control one's thoughts, there's actually no way of escaping oppression. And I really agree with that because, um, you know, as we see in multiple countries, like let's say north korea for example or for for this instance russia um they're all being uh controlled their thoughts are being controlled and in north korea or russia all they could all they know is what they get fed right in in america kim jong-un some sort of evil villain type of character but in north korea that he plays a big brother type of role whereas this omnipotent omniscient like uh uh, leader yeah leader uh it's uh that's a good uh lead into one of the questions we got here sihoon uh in which kind of it states that in both 1984 and hunger games the government has one figurehead that seems to have all the power to the public why do you think both governments feel the need to have these powerful figureheads i think obviously having these powerful figureheads you can kind of personify the government and give it this one person or or point to to focus your um allegiance your allegiance or your your just being like your absolute like patriotism patriotism but also you're terrified of them right you're you're terrified what they can do to you and what they can do to your family and having this one point can kind of just like it it just destroys someone's sense of like any rebellion that they might have inside them right yeah uh, I'd like a uh, good point, Luke. I'd like to add on that uh, for just like for both of the figureheads, it creates like one person that's like more relatable, which means you can like empathize for the government in a way where it's like I like Big Brother, not I like you know the leaders. I yeah, feel. you I can like see you can see that a bit like today with like corporate Twitter, where like they'll like <laughs> post tweets as if they're like one person or stuff like that, like Wendy's Twitter accounts Wendy's and stuff. Clap that. Yeah, like when, like, the Wendy's Twitter account will be like, oh, I'll go eat out, or it, it'll just, like, kind of be like, oh, I'll eat out Wendy's, because they made fun of McDonald's. Yeah. It's like, 
I feel like it's much less uh, scary, but at the same time is kind of the basis of what 1984 and the Hunger Games were kind of creating there. That was Vitas. Going to the point where um, the leaders are actually like have different, there's always different perspectives on the leaders like Mm -hmm. in different regions. Like for some leaders, they might be like gods to their citizen and um, some might be like a terrible tyrant that just has total control over the country. But in the sense of 1984, I think um, it's kind of like in the middle. Like some people think that he's some uh, figure that we should all, you know, love and follow. And some people like Winston know that it's like false. Yeah. So I think, um, yeah, I think the perspective is really what matters. And obviously that is also controlled by the government. So it's like a big, big loophole that you can't really get out of. All right. We're kind of running low on time here. If if you have any other like last minute quotes or anything, do you want to uh, say? We're at thirteen minutes, so. I'd like to just. Uh, I don't know. Uh, let's see here. I like to ask one last question, if that's okay with yeah, you guys. Yeah, yeah, that's good. That's awesome. Uh, in both books, the main characters become almost like martyrs for a revolution. Uh, why do you think this would cause like why is this like used so commonly throughout stories like like an underdog like creating an like almost like a following to destroy an entity that they couldn't like imagine defeating like any reason why you think that's why it's like such a common uh trope used in stories i think one of the reasons is the same reason that people follow those totalitarian leaders they're they're one person that they can relate to and follow easily right um the mockingbird that's such like a symbol yeah the mockingjay Mm -hmm. that's such a like a big symbol that is one person one person that they can follow easily into whatever you know whatever they want to do yeah i think i think that having a martyr in in a book is is like a very popular trope in a lot of these like revolution dystopian society books and i think it's kind of like it's it's so popular because it's it's something that would happen in real life right we see martyrs all the time in history and it's kind of it's it's something that that makes sense i I don't yeah (laughs) what i don't i don't think that it's realistic to have a book where there's this huge government organization where no one dies and somehow the main character comes out of it fine and nothing bad happens to them and i just think something bad happens to both of the characters yeah well think? exactly that's that's why i'm saying i i, I think that's why it's such a common trope to have these martyrs oh, okay. um so and i also think it's just it's helpful to for people to like just feel emotion in the book and, and get connected to mm-hmm. these characters and what they're fighting for yeah i'd say it's like hard for people to relate to like a large group of people but if you zero in on like one person i think it creates like a single like person that somebody can idolize a yeah, the uh, the only problem with that is, like, if you're idolizing one person, that can kind of be unhealthy, like, as you see with, like, like how the people uh, think about, like, President Snow, where he's, like, this all-powerful guy, but it's, like, he's really, like, an awful person, you know, like, that's pinning, like, children against each other in, like, death games, really. <laughs> True. <laughs> uh, all right um so we're we're out of time now uh 
that's been vitas you want to say it that's been the nanny cam uh signing off i'm uh, i'm vitas Uh, i'm sihoon see you later toddlers yeah i'm luke bye